You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 114. What is up? Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Today is a bright and sunshiny day, so I hope you guys have a fabulous day. Um, Unless it's not bright and sunshiny. Well, not unless. (laughs) I hope you still have a good day, even if it is not bright and sunshiny where you are. But it is where I am, so just pretend you're here and it will be fine. Um, so that was kind of random and I have another random thought really quick, but I have to tell you this. If you're a mom, um, this has nothing to do with today's episode. So if you would like to just skip ahead for like 30 seconds while I tell you about this, that's fine. Um, but if you're a mom, okay, have y'all ever heard of Miss Rachel on YouTube? Because this woman has literally changed my life. Uh, like I said, totally unrelated, but I just, I have to share this with you because if you're a work from home mom that is struggling to have some time to get things done, uh, Miss Rachel is like a built-in babysitter. Now, if you're like one of those people that's completely against screen time, no problem. This isn't going to be for you, but homegirl, like I'm not saying sit there and plant your kid in front of the TV for like hours on end. Okay. Don't do that. But if you're like me and you can't get everything done during nap time all the time and you just need like 20 minutes to get something done, turn on Miss Rachel. She is a godsend if you ask me. I recently discovered her on YouTube and on TikTok and all the things and she is really great. Like I will just set Stetson down. Um in like one of his little toy jumper things and then I will put on one of her videos on my iPad and that's how I record these episodes a lot of time because if he's I try to do things during his nap time but it doesn't always work out that way so if I need him to be quiet during something such as recording a podcast episode I just turn on Miss Rachel for a little bit and and he is content as a clam so um just throwing it out there like mom's helping moms out here I know we're all just trying to do our best so uh yeah definitely definitely check her out um like I said totally random but um anyway thought I'd throw that out there as your fun fact of the day now let's move on to today's actual show topic because I'm very excited about it um today we're gonna be talking about writing a book so if any of you listening have ever wanted to write a book if you are interested in writing a book one day if that's like on your bucket list that you want to write a book someday then listen up because this is the episode for you we are talking with sarah bainham who is an author of equestrian romantic suspense novels um It is actually a book series that she has written, and in our conversation, Sarah tells us the story of how she got into writing novels, the process that goes into self-publishing your own book, and then she goes on to share a bit of her success with marketing her books. She gives a ton of insight into the world of writing and is totally an open book, no pun intended. I think you're going to find this episode super inspiring and encouraging, especially if you are somebody who ever dreams of writing your own book one day. I think it's such a creative way, and we touch on this in the episode too, that if you're a horse girl, I've been talking to so many horse girls lately, and it kind of makes my heart so happy, Um, but if you are somebody who would love to make money around horses or within the horse industry, but maybe you don't have the ability to do it with like horses directly, um, there are just, I think this is an inspiring conversation to show you that there are ways to make money 
about horses and around horses um, without having to physically be with horses, if that makes sense. So it's super awesome. I loved our conversation. Sarah is the sweetest. She also has the best name ever, if you ask me. Um, So yeah, without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Sarah. Hey, you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Sarah Elrod and I'm a serial entrepreneur through and through, but most importantly, I'm a wifey, a mama, and pretty much a crazy horse lady. I started this podcast based on an old saying my husband once told me, that every successful rancher has a wife that works in town. And being the stubborn, wannabe homesteading housewife that I am, I decided that why do I have to work in town in order to contribute? So I made it my mission to teach other rural women and entrepreneurs how to grow thriving brands online from way out yonder. Whether you live out in the middle of nowhere, have to take a dirt road to get there, or if you're just a mama who wants to stay home raising babies and cows someday, this is the place for you. On this show, we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. So grab a coffee and your favorite notebook and let's saddle up and get to work. This is the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. There's a good chance that if you've been around here before, you've heard me talk about HoneyBook, but never like this. Right now, you can get the ultimate tool that I use for my business for only $1 per month for your first eight months. That's $8 for eight months to have access to all the features that keep my business up and running. After the eight months is up, you can choose to get on a monthly subscription or an annual one or cancel entirely if it's not your cup of tea. HoneyBook is perfect for any small service-based businesses as it is the all-in-one solution to everything you could possibly need. Keep everything from client communication to documents, payments, scheduling, and more all in one easy organized place. Personally, I love that HoneyBook has contract templates ready to use as well as email templates, questionnaires, and brochures. They even have free account migration so that if you've been sending out these things in another way, they will set up your account with your current documents for free. And did I mention that you can get paid through HoneyBook? This was such a game changer for me because now I can put clients on payment plans and track them all in one place. And if someone is late on a payment, HoneyBook sends them a reminder email automatically automatically for me. So I can skip the awkward, where's my money email. Introverts, I know you feel me on that one. To give HoneyBook a try for only $1 per month, head over to sarahelrod.com slash HoneyBook and click the link. This is a business resource you are going to wish you had sooner. First off, I'm super stoked to have you. Um, you have an awesome name, by the way. Thank you. I mean, you too. (laughs) Sarah's are pretty great if I do so the right way. (laughs) And you have the H. Yes. Yes. The H is very important. I love that. Well, I'm really intrigued to talk with you um, about all the things that you do. um, But for anybody that's listening and doesn't know you, um, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and share a little bit of your story? Sure. Uh, so my name is Sarah Welthanum. Um, I've been an author, not for long, actually. Uh, starting in 2021 is when I started writing my first novel. Um, I uh, previously have worked in the horse industry in a, di- a bunch of different fields. Um, everything from um, I went to school for equine business and facility management. And then I went on to be an intern working student. I've been a barn manager. I worked for farm bed. I've kind of done it all in the horse industry. And then briefly, uh, about five years, I was also a veterinary technician. Um, and then uh, I got out of that. I started doing like property management work, which I still do full time for now. Um, but my uh, 
author side hustle. And then I also now write for equestrian magazines started just in the last year. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, so how did you get into writing? Like, well, I know you said you haven't been doing it for a super long time. What was kind of your inspiration for wanting to start all of that? Yeah. So it kind of started late 2021. Um, I was looking for a side hustle. I mean, horses, you know, they're not cheap mm-hmm. <laughs> and I compete in, yeah, show jumping and eventing. And, uh, I also really wanted a trailer. <laughs> I just kind of, you know, I was like, I want some extra horse money basically in my full-time job, you know, it was pretty good, but I just wanted a little extra money. So I was thinking of ways that I could maybe do that. And originally it just started with me thinking, okay, I'm going to try and do some freelance writing for magazines. Um, But I found out pretty quickly that they want some sort of writing experience that's recent. Um, And uh, going back, actually, the first time I kind of realized that writing might be something I could possibly do uh, to earn extra money, I was 17, actually. And I entered a writing contest and I won and I bought my first car with it. So it was a pretty good one. So yeah, years kind of passed in between that. I mean, you know, I went to college and then I was in my 20s and, you know, that's crazy time. (laughs) Then by the time I kind of went back and thought, what could I do? I kind of thought about that. And I thought, well, writing that, that was something that made money for me before. Why can't it make money for me now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's really how it started is I I tried to get magazines. um, And a lot of them were like, well, we want some recent experience. We want some recent articles. So I put one together and I had a few that were like, well, we'll add you to the list. But really it was kind of not going anywhere. And I really, I had always wanted to write a book. I mean, it was something that I thought about when I was younger and just never did. And uh, I was like, well, this seems like the perfect opportunity. It's now or never. So I, I just started doing it and I started diving into uh, all of the research that goes behind um, self-publishing and being an independent author. And that's really where it started for me. Yes, I definitely want to dive into all that because that is new territory for me. Just yeah. about that whole self, I mean, writing in general, writing a book. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment. And um, I would love to dive into the the whole self-publishing aspect of it and how you went about that. Cause I can imagine there's people out there that have similar interests and and they yeah. want to maybe write a book one day, but they have no idea where to even start with that. I would love to hear about, well, first I just wanted to say too, I think it's so awesome that you mentioned that you wanted to buy a horse trailer and I just I like sparked back to when I wanted to buy my horse trailer and I feel like there's just something with us horse girls and I mean it's a, a huge accomplishment just in general yes. getting a horse and we're all gung-ho over that but then obviously it's like well if you ever want to go anywhere and take them anywhere you need the a trailer. last step of like being full-blown <laughs> yeah, yeah full-blown horse girl is getting that trailer and there's just something yes. about it and I feel like I, I went through the so- same <laughs> Yes. I was like, I just, I can't rely on one of my friends actually is about to have a baby and she's been my kind of a trailer chauffeur up until this point. So I was like, this is it. Like she's going to have this baby and I'm going to need a trailer. So it sounds like a great excuse. Yes. That's so awesome. I just, yeah, I thought that was so funny. I feel like that's probably something so many <laughs> girls. So many of to. us. Yeah. It's like buying that trailer. is just a big, yeah, I'm like, big I got two horses and no trailer. Something's wrong here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like how do you, 
do you do anything with them? Because yeah, then you're that person that's always having to borrow a trailer, yes. having to hit up your friends, like I'll buy you pizza. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, so funny. Um, okay, so tell us about. Let's start from just this journey of getting the idea of writing your book. How do you yeah. just have one book right now out, or what's how many books are you at, and like how? How did that process kind of evolve writing? And we'll kind of go through the whole process of it. Yeah. So I have four books out right now. And then I am halfway through writing my fifth, which I'm hoping will be out like late next month or early March at the latest. Uh, So I started writing my first one in um, December of 2021. So it, it happened kind of fast <laughs> and it took me about three months to write my first book, which I'm told is fairly quick. I was to um, say, wow, three months. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely went with the right with what you know. Uh, uh-huh. And I think anyone that wants to start writing, it's the best thing you can do because it just is easier to get the story out. I took a lot of what I had experienced as a working student, um, you know, in those various worst jobs that I had, um, some personal experiences. And then I kind of just created this whole story and this character built around it and just, you know, started adding new layers. So what I write is, I call it equestrian romantic suspense. And I do write all my books clean. And that was just something for me. That's what I wanted um, my books to be. That was the type of books I've always read myself. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I was comfortable writing. But really, I, I think that's that's how I was able to get the words out that quickly and uh, really be able to get through that very first book. Because the first book's the hardest book. Yeah. And really the self-publishing process, the very first one, it took me after I wrote that book another couple months to actually publish. And that I'm honestly, and I hear that this is so common. I'm kind of glad I didn't know how much work it would be going in because I think I would have been like, oh, I don't know. Maybe Too I shouldn't intimidated. Even. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of research um, and just all of the things that you have to do to put this book out in the world. You kind of don't know what you don't know until yeah. you're getting into it. So certainly if anyone's interested, uh, do a, a ton of research first and I did, I did research first, but then I also researched as I was writing the book. And I really think that that, that helped me become even partially successful mm-hmm. out the gate because of all the research. I mean, podcasts, there's so many resources mm-hmm. out there. And really, I didn't even know that self-publishing really existed um, yeah. to the extent that it does until I started thinking about writing the book in the first place. So yeah, it is, it's crazy. That's it's interesting that you say that because I I I kind of am in the same boat. Like I just feel like I recently started hearing about self publishing, and yeah. I even just watched a video today of a girl that um, she's like a graphic designer, and she just self published a like a coloring book. But she wow. um like she was just kind of talking about that on like Instagram, and um so it's just funny that this is what we're talking about today. But I was like, wow, I just can't. I can't even imagine how much you would have to look like going from ground zero and knowing nothing. I mean, yeah, I would have no idea where to even start, but I guess that's just like anything. I didn't know where to start mm-hmm. with a podcast either. And I just yeah. had to Google and you literally YouTube just start University. Googling things. Yeah. yeah. And then you kind of go, Oh, I didn't know I had to do that. And you add it to your list. And now that's another thing that you're Googling the next day. And right. That's really how it was. I mean, I thought I was going to rip my hair out when I had to build my website. I was like, mm-hmm. I have to have a website. Like, I mean, yeah. just, 
so many things you really just don't even you it's I mean tip of the iceberg when you're writing the actual book Uh, and then really just learning because writing a book is a lot different than reading one and you kind of don't know that until you start getting into it and then um, I started finding you know a lot of like books or podcasts on writing craft and that really helped Um, I mean, just, I, I spent any time I was in my car doing dishes, anything like that. I was listening to a podcast or an audible book or Mm -hmm. reading one if I could. And I think that that is really the key to success with it. And even now I constantly research. I'm still, I mean, I'm on my fourth, you know, fifth book, really. I'm Mm -hmm. still learning, Mm -hmm. constantly learning. Was it hard? I mean, I know you said you wrote it pretty quickly and, you know, write about what you know and things like that. Was it hard? Because like you said, there's a difference between reading a book and writing a book. Yeah. Um, Did you feel like it was there were any challenges as far as like writer's block just coming up with the neck? Like, did you ever get second guess yourself on like where the story? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I still second guess myself. I'm like, I can't even believe this is my fifth book. And I'm still like, is this any good? And I know that I've had, um, all of my books are in the same series and I've had a really great, um, a lot of really good reviews. All of my books have like 4.5 average stars and, and still I'm writing and I'm like, is this going to be, is everyone going to hate this constantly? (laughs) I had imposter syndrome. I still have imposter syndrome. I'm probably going to have imposter syndrome until I have 35 books out. Maybe then I might have it. still. I don't know, but it was, it was hard. And there was times that I did, I didn't know where to go next in the book. Um, and really I, I, I would stop and I would start outlining again. And that from what I've heard from other authors is really the best method is the more you can outline, the more you know where you're going. And even when I started writing, I had a pretty good idea of where the book was gonna go. Mm-hmm. I knew the ending, I just didn't know everything in the middle of how to get there. And I think that's really the most important part is just knowing where you're going in the book and having a plan. I know there's authors out there that they say they can't outline, they call them pansters. And I think, you know, everybody's going to have their own process. I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. Sometimes I'll write for two chapters and I didn't have anything outlined for that, but it's like somewhere in the middle. So it just, it really depends on your writing style, but definitely writer's block. I mean, it happens and you just kind of have to, you know, push through it and basically just keep writing, even when you don't think you know what to do. You just have to write. And then eventually you kind of work through it and an idea just comes to you. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. And and I could imagine that outlining it and kind of seeing that process would definitely help versus just sitting down and just writing as you go. I mean, I don't know, maybe yes. some people do it like that, but it's funny you say that because that just kind of makes me think of like in my world, as far as just marketing, even like a business or something, it's kind of the same concept of, you want to know where you're going because I feel like storytelling is huge in marketing and business. And I feel like people listening, even if they are not wanting to necessarily write a book, but they just have whatever kind of business they have and they're wanting to get it out into the world. Storytelling is a huge part of that. And it's really powerful to have even just basic writing skills of knowing like how to bring your audience along this journey with you into eventually wanting to buy from you. And I feel like I've done an episode before. I can't remember what number it was, but on that idea, because I, it's really so powerful if you um, can tell a compelling story to lead people into 
um, what, what it is that you're offering, um, for your business. And I think that's absolutely, and And that's kind of the next part of it is then I, you know, I thought, okay, I can just, I'll just write these books and then marketing. (laughs) You don't even know. (laughs) Well, it's like, yeah, like once, (laughs) once you have it, it's like, like, okay, I did it. Yeah. People don't just like stumble on your book, oddly Mm. enough. Yeah. Well, it's that like, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. That's not, I mean, a couple might, but like, that's it. I mean, and I, I remember I, at first, of course I, and I knew that I wanted to have at least a couple, like two books out. I don't think I really started trying to learn marketing and really heavily start marketing until I had two books out. And some people say, even wait until you have, you know, three and four. Um, And I, I kind of have, scaled my marketing with each book. I spend a little more on ads and I I can because, you know, I'm getting a little more back. Mm -hmm. Um, But learning how to market a book, I don't know. Honestly, that might be even harder than learning to self-publish a book. Mm -hmm. But the actual process of putting the book on Amazon, oddly, that was the easiest part. I thought that's going to be so hard. I don't know how to do this. Uh-huh. That was oddly the easy part. Really? <laughs> yes. So what goes into all that? So you you take the time, you write the book, you know, however you write it. What what was kind of your process? I mean, do you just open up a Word document and start writing? I mean, what is that? That's exactly like? what I did. Really? Yeah. And honestly, I, I know there's a couple different um types of writing programs you could use. I don't use any of them. I find that word for some reason just works best for me. And I know there's a lot of authors that do just, they go in and use word. Um, and then after, cause the the word document, you can't just upload it straight to Amazon. So, um, I did some more research (laughs) and I found out that there's a couple different, um, self formatting tools you can purchase. So I bought one of those. The one I got is called Atticus. And, uh, that was, actually not too bad um, of a learning curve. And I was able to basically take this document, upload it and turn it into an actual uh, paperback or ebook. And it was kind of nuts. Yeah. Just seeing the transformation of this word document into an actual book. Hold it. Yeah. Yeah, The first time I held my book, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's real. It's real. Yes. No, that was, I mean, that's definitely my next question was, yeah. How do you go from the, okay, here it is on my computer screen. Like, how do I get this to be a real tangible thing in your hands? And then once you have that, it's like, okay, that feels like such a big accomplishment. And then, then what, how do you get it into the hands of other people? So what did that process look like for you? Yeah. So that's kind of where the marketing comes in. I started with, um, I just basically, I put the first book on Amazon. Now, Amazon, I you can go either um, Amazon Select, which is um, if you're familiar with like Kindle Unlimited, mm-hmm. if you go with Kindle Select, uh, which is basically your exclusive to Amazon and Kindle, um, mm-hmm. you can be part of that program. And so people are sometimes able to find you a little easier if you're in Kindle Unlimited. Um, and it's just the one platform. And I thought that would be the best for me because I just wanted to keep it simple at first. Yeah. You can also do a wide distribution, which essentially there's um, places like draft digital and other sites where they distribute to, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, those kinds of places. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of dependent on what works for you. If you want to be in all those stores, if you want to just be exclusive with Amazon, and that's really a whole kind of can of worms in and of itself, uh, Mm -hmm. that decision. Um, But that's pretty much where I started. I put it on there. Um, I then also, once I had my first book out, I started reaching out to, um, I reached out to Tab Wharton Books uh, and she is an equine book. Um, She goes to like 
Quarter Horse Congress, Equine Affair, places like that, um, because I knew I wanted to try and do at least, you know, one place where I had my books somewhere. And then I also knew I wanted to try and contact my local tax store and then have them there too, other than Amazon, because if you're exclusive with Amazon, it's just the ebook, the paperback, you are technically allowed to sell those, you know, in person if you want. So I knew that I wanted to try and do that just to kind of get a little bit more exposure um, other than just the um, like Amazon ads and Facebook ads that are pretty much your main route for marketing. Yeah, that's, that's really, um, yeah, there's so much that goes into that. Have you, what would you say has been your most successful avenue with that? Like has Amazon been the biggest one for you or is it more of the in-person sales? I started with just Amazon ads when I first started doing ads. Um, And I did that because it was a little easier. Amazon ads are pretty basic. They're really not hard to set up. I kind of was able to more or less walk myself through it. And you can set even a really low amount, as low as like a couple dollars a day if you want. Mm -hmm. And it was just a good way to get my feet wet. Um, So I did that. And then I started with uh, Facebook ads just recently. And I've actually noticed that Facebook ads have done really well for me, um, even better than Amazon ads, which was kind of surprising. But um, the nice thing about Facebook ads is you can target um, people that have certain interests. So for me, Mm -hmm. I target people that are interested in horses and people Mm -hmm. that are interested in romance and people that are interested in reading. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to really kind of find my audience that way um, because that's, I mean, the people that are out there reading books and love horses, those are, those are really my people. Um, but I will say I I did have a lot, I mean, I didn't sell a ton of books per se when I would, um, like my first book signing was at quarter horse Congress. Um, and then I have another one, actually, I just got, uh, signed up for one at the world equestrian center in Ocala. I go out, um, February 25th. Uh, down to Ocala. So that one's really exciting, especially since my series is set in Ocala. (laughs) So that's so exciting. Yeah. And I'm really excited to go back. That's where I've I've worked down there. I've interned down there. So it's a really special city for me and it'll be, you know, even more special to have a book signing somewhere, you know, like, like WEC. Um, But really, I think I was able to connect with readers um, when I did do those book signings. And while I didn't sell, like I said, as many books as I'll sell from selling, you know, online, um, even daily, just from the ads, you know, you really get some kind of diehard reader fans when you go to these um, book events. And, you know, they might tell their friends, and then their friends might tell their friends. So, you know, and it's, there's just something about signing your own book that you wrote Mm. for people, especially horse people, you know? Yeah. I was going to say how, what was that experience like at your first book signing? Like you're sitting there and it's, it's real. Like you're, you're there, you have the books. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine how overwhelming, exciting, all the emotions must've been in that moment, what that must've felt like. Yeah, it was a little surreal. <laughs> and I write again, I mean, it's almost like that imposter syndrome. I was sitting in front of, I had three books out at the time. And I'm sitting in front of three books just displayed in front of me with my name on them and this huge sign behind me that says author signing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this, this is, is happening. Yeah. yeah, it was kind it was, it really was, it was surreal. It was, 
I mean, an incredible experience, especially somewhere like Quarter Horse Congress. I'm a Columbus, Ohio native. So I grew up going to Quarter Horse Congress every year. And for me to be there, I actually, they had uh, the announcers where they announced like the different shows and stuff going on. At one point I heard my name announced and that I was doing a book saying, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. It's so real. My name is out there. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Gosh, that's so, that's so awesome. The hard work paid off a lot at that moment. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I believe it that it's like all that hard work where you want to pull your hair out and you're like, what am I even doing? And then something like that happens and it just makes it feel so worth it. it. I've totally, (laughs) totally been there. What would you say is like the biggest out of all of it since you started writing? What was like one of the biggest things that you've learned, um, you know, either just through the experience or about yourself? you're through something like this? I think it's that I can make it the fact that like, sometimes I'll just look at my sales every, I look at my sales every day, but I look at them and I'm like, I made this money from something I did. Not just like I went to work, you know, I, I made this, I'm, you know, I spent all this time and effort making this book. And now I'm, I'm, you know, seeing that my hard work is paying off. So I think just that having a way to make money for yourself and having that I mean, essentially it's passive income. It's, and especially, I mean, I'm writing about horses and, you know, romance and I'm getting money from it. It's, I really think that that that's the part where, you know, you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was kind of cool being able to prove that to myself. And then um, what was awesome after I wrote these books is that then I was emailing all these magazines that had gone, well, I don't know, you don't really have the experience. And now I've, I've written for five or six of them. Uh, and yeah, I, I just recently got on the freelance list and wrote my first article for the Equine Chronicle, which wow. is the sponsor of Quarter Horse Congress, like the magazine for Congress. Mm-hmm. And so it's just opened all these doors for me. And so I think that that's the best part of it is knowing that I it's a very real possibility that I could make a full-time income off of writing books and my writing. I think that's the best part of it. I think you really open up an interesting conversation too about just the different ways you can involve yourself with something that you love so much. Like like us horse girls, equestrian, that whole world. I think so many people think that, you know, there's so many girls out there that would love to make a living around horses or doing something in that industry. And they think it has to be, you know, riding or doing something like directly with them, but that's not always feasible for every girl. And I think there's girls out there that would love to find a way to make money that still feeds that passion of horses, but maybe they can't, you know, whatever, go do horse lessons or whatever that might look like or work at work at a training facility or something. So I think you're opening up kind of this really cool door of you can still live out that passion of having a career path that involves horses almost like indirectly, like you're, you're getting to talk about the thing you love. You're getting to almost blend your two passions, like reading and writing and horses. You're going to mix the two together. And I think that's, that's a really cool thing. That was kind of how I got started with photography was I just, I loved going out and taking pictures of my horses when I was like a young girl and took my mom's camera out and would just like make these silly videos with horses and stuff. And then it turned into a full on business. And so it's just, it doesn't, you know, I, I love that you can take the two different things that you love and blend them together. And I love that you, you did that 
with your. That's exactly it. And, and that's, I mean, just the other day I was like, I'm interviewing like the world champion in halter. And that was so cool for me. I had, I had talked to like three of his trainers and I was like, this is awesome. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting paid to write an article and I'm just talking to these people that I would have wanted to talk to anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. I mean, you can, it took some time, took some brainstorming, but you can absolutely find something, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many aspects of, of the horse world that sure. you can absolutely find your own niche, you know, whether it's writing or photography, there's, there's something out there for every horse girl, you know, if they want to have, a, you know, horses essentially make money for them. Yeah. How has been like, since you've started writing for these magazines, what has that experience been like? And how is that different than writing your own book? Is there, cause I can imagine, obviously you're, you're writing for somebody else now. Is there, is that harder? Do you, do you find that easier? What's kind of the difference there? It actually, I was a little worried it would be hard because obviously it's nonfiction and I write fiction, Um, but it it wasn't. And that I think it was easier for me because I've spent so much time in the horse world since I was like 12. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me, I started with magazines that did mostly like show jumping, eventing. I mean, it was my world. And Mm -hmm. so it wasn't so hard because I'm just talking to these other, you know, these horse professionals and we're just talking about horses and I'm just asking them questions about, you know, essentially their daily lives and their goals and, you know, experiences in their past. And, you know, it wasn't super hard to kind of transition into writing. I just kind of did some more research, you know, back to research, research, but I just did, you know, I kind of just looked up all these articles and I kind of just got a feel for how the writing was in these articles. And it wasn't really, it was not that hard to transition. Um, after the first article I wrote, I was like, this is awesome. So yeah, it's been, I mean, I got to talk to like Amanda Gomez who her off the track thoroughbred and I have a soft spot for off the track thoroughbreds. I have one of my own and I've always loved them. I've had them throughout the years. So talking to her about her horse, that's like winning all these Grand Prix, which is, you know, not a common thing for thoroughbreds. I mean, I was, it was amazing. I, I just got to talk to her about things that we both are passionate about. And then I wrote an article about it. So yeah. it's very different, obviously, than writing fiction where I'm making up a story mm-hmm. versus just taking, essentially, I'm taking someone else's story and just changing, you know, the wording. So it's, it sounds interesting. And so it makes sense. Um, so it's, it's different, but it was not as much of a transition than I thought it would be. That's awesome. Yes. So- For those girls that are listening that are maybe like, okay, I think I want to get into writing. I I love writing. I love reading. Like I would love to get into that world. What would be like some of your best tips or a best tip that you could say um, for somebody that just doesn't even know where to start? What what is like step one of that? I think step one, I mean, obviously it's kind of a simultaneous thing, but I would start with just thinking of what kind of story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. And like I said, for me, and this may not be for everyone, but for me, I found that writing about a, a place that I knew well, a situation or the type of story, like in my books, um, the main character ends up becoming a working student. And at one point in my life, I was a working student. Mm-hmm. So I understand what that world is like. And it was much easier for me to create this setting and the background and really the basis and then kind of add in characters and storyline and the romance and all that into it 
And it just sort of became easier than just sort of kind of pulling out of the sky randomly. So really thinking of what kind of story really speaks to you, that that's a great place to start. And the first book you write, it's not going to be perfect. And it's, you know, it's going to have some flaws and absolutely make sure you get an editor. Um, if you can find like a critique partner and, you know, or somebody that um, is maybe already in the author world or that writes to bounce ideas off that helps too. But really starting, you know, with that idea of what do I want? What kind of story do I want to tell? What kind of genre do I want to be in? You know, do I want to write romance or fantasy, that kind of thing. And then once you figure out, okay, let's say I want to write romance now start really, really researching the romance Mm -hmm. genre And if you aren't already reading those books, read, you know, the top 100 and like the Kindle store and really get an idea for what those books and you have to sort of think a lot differently than a reader, but think Mm -hmm. like an author, like, okay, what, what's going on in this story? What Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, there's things called tropes, what kind of tropes are they using? And from there, just researching, especially since you'll have to pick whether you're going to go self-published or traditionally published, I think that's a really good place to start too, because if you are going to go traditionally published, your path for for writing and publishing is totally different. So it's almost best, I think, to decide that really right at the beginning when you're starting the story. Um, And if you're going, you know, independently uh, published, you know, you can essentially just write whatever you want within the confines of that genre. Did you always know you wanted to self-publish or did you at one point think you wanted to traditionally publish? Yeah, I I didn't really know when I Mm -hmm. first started. I think I was like in the first maybe chapter um, when I was like, okay, I think I'm going to self-publish. But I was already kind of doing research at the very beginning about, I pretty much was just like, I mean, I was typing like, writing a book in Google. Uh (laughs) And it's sort of like, you just start kind of going from there because one thing leads to another. And then you kind of go, oh, I don't know, what am I supposed to do with this other thing I just learned? And you start researching that. So it's, it's sort of like, I mean, it's, it's a deep dive, but really just once you figure out, you know, what path is best for me. And I found that because Um, if you're independently published, you can essentially, you work on your own schedule where when you're traditionally published, um, you know, sometimes your book isn't published for years. If you, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you get, um, a contract with a a publishing house and Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I want to write like three or four books this year. So for me, I don't have the patience to be traditionally published. (laughs) And um, I had also heard, especially like, I mean, I'm writing about horses, which is very niche. Mm -hmm. And so I also knew that that would be probably more geared toward independently published because traditionally published houses, that's maybe not as much on their radar. I'm sure there's places that do. There is one um, publishing house, Trafalgar Book, Square Books. They do uh, horse books, um, mainly nonfiction. And I did reach out to them. They're kind of the only ones I was sort of toying with. Um, but they were not, you know, necessarily interested in the type of story I was writing, but you know, for me, honestly, I'm really glad I went independently published because it's just given me a lot of freedom to do things the way I want to do them, market the way I want to brand myself the way I want to. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, write however Mm -hmm. I want to. So for me, that flexibility is why I chose independently published. Yeah, I could see that being a huge thing and maybe a deciding factor depending on what your type of personality is. If you're really that 
go-getter and determined kind of personality, then it, probably you'd rock at a, a self-published because you're just yes. so dedicated to to what you're doing. But I think for the people that maybe feel like they struggle with putting themselves out there, it might be easier to go the other route or a little less intimidating to them. But I love stories like this where you're starting from scratch and you just have to get scrappy and figure it all out. I have talked about it before, but that's very similar to my story is just figuring all these different things out. I'm very multi-passionate. I want to do all the things and I, you know, most of the time people are on a budget and they can't hire people to do things for them. And so you have to just figure out how to make these things work for yourself. And I love that that was something you did and you, you had this goal in mind and, you know, you said basically ignorance is bliss. You don't know how much work at the beginning (laughs) it's going to take. And that's probably such a true thing is it's, it's probably good that you don't know how much work it's actually going to be. Cause once you figure it out and you're halfway through, you're like, well, might as well keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I was like already a couple chapters in when I started really kind of realizing like, this is going to be a lot more work than I expected, but I was already like, I was in it at that point. And honestly, the more I learned about it and I realized that there was people out there making quite a bit of money. I mean, there's authors that don't make a lot, but I really think, I mean, it it is, it's about how dedicated you are to it. And Mm -hmm. if you're dedicated to it and you, you know, spend the time researching and constantly try to improve your craft as a writer, you know, you can absolutely make it sometimes not only full-time writing, but like more than your day job would be. And that's, I've seen, you know, a ton of different writers and these podcasts and just people I've met even that are doing it. That's their job now. And it's really just about, yeah, how bad do you want it? And Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, girls, honestly, we're the best people for this because we are already scrappy. (laughs) We already are dedicated. We got feed bills to pay. We we're all on a budget. <laughs> I was swore. I was like, honestly, I don't know that I would have survived this without being a horse girl. It has given me a huge edge. Like, oh, I have mares. Okay. Like that. Nothing scares me. <laughs> oh, right. No. Yeah. If you own mares, nothing is scary. Nothing you. scares you. <laughs> I, I actually would love to change gears and talk a little bit about your horses just because my inner horse girl is fluttering. <laughs> um, no, I know. I know you said you have Two mares, I think. I do. Um, I would love to just, what are their names? What kind of horse do you have? Like, tell me a little bit about them. So I have Tilly and Letty. Uh, Tilly is a chestnut as, I mean, she's the stereotype. She's the reason people are afraid of them. Oh, yeah. uh, she's a warm blood. Um, I actually had a DNA test done on her a couple years ago because I got her from someone who was going off to college. She's like, I have no idea what she is. She's a warm blood something, I think. And she might be this age, you know. But um, so she's like Hanoverian, Holsteiner, and Tricaner. And she is a jumping bean. So I got it back and I was like, well, this makes complete sense to me because she yeah. is just a jumping nut. Mm. <laughs> Dressage is not her favorite. She loves cross country and she will jump anything you point her at. And she's, yeah, she's like that psycho mare on course. Yes. I come off course all the time. I, the first time I took her to Kentucky, actually, uh, I was, I ran into some Otterbein uh, riders. I was like, oh, hi, I went to your school. And my horse is like jigging on the way back to the, I mean, if anyone's been to the horse park, you know, the barns are like way back, like way back. Mm-hmm. And so this horse is just, I mean, jigging all the way back from this cross country course that she had just galloped around. They're like, oh, how old is she? She'll quiet down when she's older. I'm like, she's like 17. <laughs> she is not quieting down. 
ever. Uh, She'll be like oh 25 gosh. and she's still going to be psycho and it's okay. I love That's her. how I, oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. Cause I have, I have two geldings, but I have a 20 year old and he, I've had him for like 12 years now. Yeah, And I got him when he was eight. And I mean, he is a psycho. I mean, he's my yeah. best boy. I love him, but he is, he is quarter horse and saddlebred. So oh he's got that spunk. And I mean, it's funny. And I mean, he's a pretty big boy, but he, you wouldn't know he was saddlebred until he gets all amped up, starts running and does his little prance, yeah. <laughs> you know, tail up the whole thing. And yeah, like I said, he just turned 20 in October. And I mean, I, my other one's eight now I've had him since he was two and he that one's all quarter horse and he's the laziest horse ever but like my <laughs> my 20 year old will dance circles around the eight year old yes. oh my gosh <laughs> oh and then Letty is forever. my I got her she was my first off the track thoroughbred I had had in years because I had had Tilly oh gosh I've had Tilly like eight years now I think mm-hmm. um and I got Letty two years ago and Letty she it was funny because I, I actually got her from New Vocations um, and I said, hey, you know, I'm looking for something that's going to be a jumper eventer, hopefully. And I kind of like I'm spicy and I love mares and I saw this one and she looks like, she, you know, I just I watched the way the trainer sat her canner and I was like that one. That is the smoothest canner I think I've ever seen anyone say it. And I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was so uphill. And so I, you know, they were like, well, we're not going to lie to you. She's a lot of horrors. You know, she's she's you know, she's a mare and she's, and I was like, that's fine. Yeah. Then I got her home and I was like, oh yeah, I am in for it. And she had just turned five and she had all baby brain for years. I think I just got rid of her baby brain. I think she's finally, she just turned like, oh, actually she'll be, she'll be eight in March, believe it or not. But yeah, so she's been, it was a roller coaster with Letty. I got Mm -hmm. her and she really, she took to her new job really quickly. She likes jumping. She went to a pace, a show, her first like three months of learning to jump and she was phenomenal. And then she got diagnosed with EPM and ulcers uh, a -hmm. few months after that. So I hadn't even had her, I think I had her seven months when she got it. So it was a huge setback. I mean, it was almost like starting over. And I think it was about a year later that I was finally really getting back into some solid training. And it's just been that within the last like six, seven months that she's really come into her own. And I'm so excited because she's going to be one I show in the spring and she is just loving jumping. So I'm really excited for her future, but she is, she's a bay mare, but she is, she's not as fast necessarily like that spicy fast as my other one, but -hmm. she's like sassy and she has a lot of impulsion (laughs) and she loves to crow hop when she's fresh, especially in the winter. So that has been a really fun, I haven't had one crow hopping in a while. So I'm like, oh boy. Here we go. My seat got much stickier (laughs) over the last couple of years. Uh, but yeah. so they are, yes, they are both, they are sweet and sassy. That's what I tell them, but they are wonderful, wonderful mares. They are fun. <laughs> I love that. I know. And I feel like that's something that 
again, only horse girls would say like, we love the spicy ones, the ones that are just gonna, they're not boring. They will always keep life interesting. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've probably gotten a little less. (laughs) I'm like, okay, we could tone it down a little bit. I don't know. I'm in my thirties now. And I'm like, I am not nearly as brave as I was in my teens and twenties. Yeah. Now I get one's crow hopping. I'm like, okay. I know. (laughs) Isn't it actually scary? I know. It's so funny how that changes. You know, you ride as a young adult or a teenager and you're just like, I'll do anything. I'll ride the craziest bucking horse there is. Didn't even care then. Yeah, you don't I would care. just get on bareback and jump like three feet. Oh, yeah. I was like you're... 16. I was like, this is fine. Now yeah, I'm like, oh, suicide no. mission for sure. You no, don't care. No. Saddles only. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, you get older and you're like, mm, I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I questioned my sanity a little bit when I got her. I was like, what am I doing? Am I too old for this? But honestly, it's one, it's once again one of those things where I look back now and she's, you know, I can tell how talented she's going to be and how much potential she has. And I'm like, all right, it was worth it. All that was worth it. But I think that's, that's a horse girl thing. We're, Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we (laughs) are born different, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's something different in our blood for sure. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I love, love getting to connect with other horse girls. And I just, I love everything that you're doing. And I think it's so unique. And um, I'm really excited to put this out there because I haven't talked to anybody that's written a book before. And I actually, I I probably shouldn't say this because I don't know if it's like still a secret or not. I know somebody in my life that is in the process of writing a book, um, but she is like, I don't know, she started writing it but she didn't know if she actually wanted to publish it or not. She just knew she wanted to write something. And so she was like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing it just in case I change my mind. And decide. that's actually kind of funny. You say that. And I, I can't imagine this is uncommon. There was very few people I told, like my husband knew, you know, and I think I told like my sister and like maybe my mom <laughs> and maybe like one of my close friends, but I, I honestly, I kept it a secret until it was like published. And I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I published a book. We were like, wait, why are you writing a book? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think part of me just wanted to see if I could do it. And part of me wanted to see if it was going to be like half decent. And it wasn't until after I sent it to my editor and she read it for the first time and said like, this is actually really good, Mm -hmm. especially for a first book that I was like, okay, I guess I can tell people now because it is, it's a terrifying experience knowing that very first time I sent it to beta readers and to my editor, I had like anxiety attacks every day, just wondering what they were going to think. Like I just couldn't even, you know, think about anything else until I knew what people thought about my writing. So that is a very common thing to be terrified and not want to tell anyone. I mean, that's such a big thing. And that's, I mean, I can imagine like your baby and it's 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 your art form and, and we take it so personally. I mean, even that was like me with photography stuff. It's like, that's a type of art and it's so personal to me. So it's like, if I put it out there and somebody doesn't like what I did, I mean, it's hard not to take it to heart and take it personally. Like, oh, I'm terrible. I should just never do this ever again. And the first time you get that, I mean, because it doesn't matter who you are. If you go on and look at like uh, Twilight, you know, Harry Potter, books that are just everyone knows, you're going to find bad reviews and you're going to find quite a few of them. And, you know, you you hear that and you're like, okay, that's nice. And then the first time you get your one bad review, it doesn't matter how many good reviews you've had. You're like, oh my God, I'm terrible. Yeah. 
And you have to remind yourself like, okay, but there was, you know, 20 other reviews that said that they loved your book. I had one girl that said she read my first book in like three hours, which is a little painful to hear because it did not take me three hours to write it, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you're going to have that. And you, it's the first, you know, couple of times it happens. It's terrifying because it is, you take it completely personally, even though it's not. And it's, and you're so right. And I've said that before too. Like you always cling to that one negative review. It doesn't matter how many good ones you have for some yep. reason, that one negative one just like sits in your soul. And it's so hard to like think, okay, it's just one, it one does. person. It you're does. never going to please everybody. And that's the other thing about writing is, you know, you're going to write and there's going to people that just that book's not for them mm. and your book might not be for them, but there are people out there. And I've heard so many people, other authors that are way more successful than I am that have said, you know, your book's not going to be for everyone, but your tribe's out there. The people who want to read your book, they're out there. You just have to find them. And when you do, it's incredible. I had one girl, one of the girls that I met at Quarter Horse Congress read my series and commented and left a review and left this, I mean, amazing review. And so, you know, you have to look back on those and remember I'm not a terrible writer just because of this one review. And it's the same thing for anything. Don't let those bad reviews get you as much as you want to. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so much to to not take things personal. But I think that just comes with time. And the more you do it, the more you're like, okay, you know, I... I can do this. I can look past the negatives. Like you, you kind of just get more comfortable in your own skin and confident with what you're doing. So I think, I yes, think that's really absolutely. So I would love for people to get their hands on your book, to meet you, to follow along with your journey. Where can people find you online? Where can people get your book? Where, all the things. Yeah. Uh, so all of my books are on Amazon. Um, if you type in my name, Sarah Welk Bainum, or if you type in the Impelled series, which is my series that I have out now, um, but I will be starting a new series after this book. Um, but if you type my name in, it'll come up. And then my website is sarahwelkbainumauthor.com. So you can find me there. Um, if anyone's going to be in Ocala, I will be at World Equestrian Center on February 25th, which is super exciting. Um, I hear it's actually Grand Prix night, which and there's a, a huge dressage um, uh, event that's going on that same day. So hopefully some of your listeners will be there. That's and so then uh, I will also be doing a book signing. I believe it'll be Saturday um, at the Columbus Equine Affair. And then I'm sure I'll be back at, at Congress at some point. But I post, um, I also have a Facebook page if you just search uh, my name and then the word author on Facebook. Um, I always post about any times I'm doing book signings there as well. That's so awesome. Well, I hope people head over and follow you and check out your books. And yeah, it'd be really awesome if some people can go see you in person. I think that'd be really, really awesome. Yes. And I am happy to answer any questions about self-publishing. You know, really research is going to be your friend, but if you've got any questions, I'm happy Mm. to answer them. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Cause I can imagine that's kind of a lonely, intimidating place to be when you don't know where to start. It's always nice to to know somebody that's done it before and can kind yeah. of offer some wisdom. So that's really finding awesome. author friends is big too. Uh, I met uh, online. I met somebody who had written one book and she's working on a memoir now. Her name's also Sarah. I mean, of course, right? Oh, best thing <laughs> ever. Obviously. And I mean, it, it is so nice on the days when, you know, just things are not going our way in the writing world, being able to talk everything out bounce ideas off of each other. It's yeah. Yeah. Find an author friend, find a writing friend because they will be your safe place on the Mm -hmm. bad days and they come. I mean, it's a roller coaster. 
with any small business, especially, but writing is, yeah, because it's such a personal thing. It's a oh, roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. Community is so great. I think in yes. any industry, it's, it's totally important and it's good to, good to have people that are in your corner. Ah, uh, well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here and being willing to chat and share your story and, and just talk about what you do and your experiences. I'm, I'm really excited to get this out. Oh, and so is Stetson, even though you sound like it. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. You've just finished another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. And if that doesn't make you happier than a rooster on Sunday, then I don't know what will. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl podcast and TikTok. Also join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can find it by searching Branded Cowgirl Podcast Insiders or head to the link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. It means the absolute world to me to read your kind words, but it also helps other amazing rural women find the show as well. If you would like to sponsor an episode or advertise on the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, then please head to sarahelrod.com slash sponsor BCP for more information. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you in the next one.